Well, I'm Donald Wayne and uh, the Pedophamilius, and uh, this is Trice Talk. And I'm Dennis Lee. <laughs> I, I caught the Lee part. I caught the Lee. Yeah, you were <laughs> blocked out. You just came in like mid-sentence. Yeah, you know, what I tried to do tonight was, hey, BP, tried to uh, upload it onto Podbeam, which I did, and that was successful. But the problem is when I'm playing stuff that I've added, it wants it wants to keep that screen up there, so I can't even see the big screen. It's so I'm gonna have to work on that a little bit. But I was oh, yes, trying. It's an imperfect world. Trying not to go through the Bluetooth on that, and uh, I can't. I can't tell you. You didn't hear enough of it to tell whether it made I a difference or not. I didn't hear the music. No. Ah, you didn't hear the, the music. 30, the thirty seconds really doesn't work out with the way Podbean. Uh, the Podbean app works on my end. Well, it did last I night. Going it a... Yeah. I, I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> That's because I was using the Bluetooth <laughs> last night. I'll have to play with this a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, we're going to figure it out. It's going to be, we're going to get her done. It's going to be peachy. Yeah, you know, trying to find ways to get around Podbeam and have a little bit better stuff. And uh, there's always some little kink that keeps drawing me back in. Yeah, they just keep pulling me back in. Yeah, it's just kinky, kinky, kinky. Well, it's Wacky Wednesday, so I guess it fits with Wacky Wednesday. I mean, what kind of week would it be if there was not some kind of technical issue? At least for me. Are you having some kind of medical issue? (laughs) A medical alert? Not yet. Hey, Foxglove, welcome. Are you up on your meds? No, I'm short, actually. Um, Oh, well. uh, We'll get that. Everybody has a cross to bear. (laughs) That's it. Well, it is June the 9th, Wacky Wednesday. Did you say Wacky Wednesday? I don't I don't remember you saying um, Wacky no, Wednesday. No, but you just did, actually. So Okay, so I whacked the Wednesday for you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Hey, Ray, welcome. Hey, Ray, Foxglove Hound, is that what that is? Yeah. Well, so things are moving. Yes, they are. If it was tomorrow night, there's so many things that I could throw out there tonight. So many issues between Kamala and her little trip to to Mexico and Central America and to Joe Biden today and his wife talking before he did, you know, when they got to to the Air Force Base in England. I mean, that was interesting. Mm. Did you see any? Well, you probably haven't had a chance to see any of that yet. Well, you haven't missed anything, but... uh, I'm sure I'll be talking about it tomorrow night. Well, there you go. I yeah, he, well I mean, informed at that point. But the first lady got to talk before the president did today. How about that? She kind of oh. led the way. Actually, there was a, I don't know how old the girl was, but she was in school 
and they let her talk because she was the daughter of, of someone in the military. She got to talk before the president did. <laughs> and, 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 uh, Joe's wife, uh, what's her name? What's, what's the first lady's name? I don't, uh, something Jill, Jill. Oh. Thank you. Jill. Yeah. yeah Jill. Jill. Yeah. She was talking and I don't know, for some reason she turned around and said, Joe, pay attention. <laughs> so, oh, wow. He got scolded on in a foreign country on national TV. How about that? Well, they're not talking about him tonight. No, no. So I guess we'll just, we're going to do some uh, crazy stuff tonight. I mean, did you, uh, did you get I dressed? I guess as crazy as we can get, uh, Oh, you can no, get a lot I, I've crazier. Been working. I've been working <laughs> we can up, get... in, up until the beginning of the show. So, <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should. Yeah, <laughs> just You're all work and no play. Maybe you should do Thanks, work uh, on the show. Oh boy! Just let's you know if you got a cu- couple of customers to call, let's just do them live and say, "Hey, uh, you're on yeah, TriStar." Well, problem. Problem would be retaining my employment, Donald Wayne. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're at the level yet to where I can just throw that well, to the wind. But if we, you we if you had moved there. to Michigan, you could work part time and still get unemployment from the state and Michigan unless they do something about that. So, well, you don't say. Oh yeah, yeah. The, that right. that crazy Michigan governor. She wants to uh, continue giving people who are you know working i think it's part-time i don't i don't think it's full-time but she wants to give them continue giving them benefits so really to help to help them out probably yeah. trying to get reelected. we'll see God how that goes it. yeah i know anyway that's all political stuff i don't even know how we got started on that or did i get started on that Actually, you started it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I usually do. <laughs> BP's <laughs> keeping a record of that. So. Is he? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, wh- whatever fills your time. <laughs> did I don't know, BP, did you get to listen to the last night's show to, to see the segment, uh, the story you sent in? I, I don't know. Uh, you got mentioned. Okay. All right. That was... That was fun. Um, what? Why are you in our house? What in the world? What? Who's Caleb? I don't know Caleb. What do you do when you see a spaceman? Jeez. See a space? What? Spaceman? No. Sometimes technology. People just come into your house without you knowing about it and start talking. Is that what it is? Yeah, you know. They just. I mean, is your your front door wide open? <laughs> oh well, uh, let me look down. Hold on a second. Well, whoever that is, uh, <laughs> they've got issues. Oh my goodness! Mercy! Oh boy! My, that's that's what we get. When you well, see oh, a spaceman send him to the special really planet. Too, oh, too well, early BP, for that. is it too early? 
Uh, yeah, you know, right, we'll hold off. He's I've been watching that probably. that Netflix series, uh, The Universe, and then The Edge of the oh, Universe. Yeah. I guess now they're going to have Beyond mm. the Universe, but uh, well, they've never um, shown that planet in there, have they? They've never had that planet. They've never mentioned that planet. That's because and, you know, because Uranus gets neglected all the time, and I don't know why well, they're so against it. But that's um, really not know, very high. It is. It is rather racist. <laughs> it is BP. Hey, just like welcome. Hey, Jess. Um, Donald Wayne just brought up the fact that Uranus is never mentioned in any of the space programs. So yeah, the Netflix stuff. Uh, now, yeah, I think there was one about the planets or the outer planets, and it got mentioned there because right. That's where I educated myself, you know, oh, on, right. on uh, about Uranus, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and, and Pluto. But um, no, it's hey. never mentioned in the universe thing. You know what? <laughs> okay, this this brings up something that's not not on the on the list here. But I, I was watching a series last night. I think it's at the very end of uh, the universe segment, and it's talking about. I mean, it was very depressing, actually. I don't know if you've watched it all the way through, but it's talking about the end of the universe. Um, oh, yeah, as the, as the stars begin to die out, you know, it talks about, of course, we've, we've known for years, they've talked about, well, when our sun just finally plays out, then, you know, we're toast here on this planet. Right. So, you know, whatever environmental issues uh, we're working on, uh, they're going to be mute on that particular day. But I I never thought about it, but they're talking about, trillions of years from now but the entire universe will disappear all the stars will burn out uh you'll have some dwarf stars uh what are they I called, think those are called red i think they're they're called little stars donald wayne no they call them dwarf <laughs> <laughs> it's a star it, <laughs> it's talking about stars we can do that so they're talking about uh oh my gosh okay Pod beam is malfunctioning again. My little clicker's not working, Dennis Lee. Okay. Oh, so those little the, lights aren't twinkling. The little meter's not working. But uh, you'll have some of those red dwarfs left over, according to this program. And <laughs> people, people will be trying to, if they have the ability, they're going to be trying to send their spaceships or their space stations in orbit around these dwarf uh dwarf stars until they burn out and then one day sometime the entire universe is going to be dark yeah that's kind of, I, I that's just, kind of depressing I, I, I think that's real um you know big-headed that somebody thinks they figured that out completely um, well they know that the stars are going to burn out because they use up the fuel so you know you really never right. really thought about it now, if they well, were, you still got planets that are, you know, you still got stars that are being born. So, well, yeah, they're being spun off of, of bigger things, but right. also the black holes are going to get bigger. Did you know that? Oh well, they this to do that. <laughs> this is some rabbit hole <laughs> crap here, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your yeah. toes or, or your no, rabbit no, foot. No, but, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're. but you're exactly right, Donald Wayne. They but the black bigger. holes are going to get bigger as they suck more stuff down into them. <laughs> it's just going to be—it's going to be a nightmare in space. 
Uh, yeah, that's right, just like we won't be here then. Um, no, you know, it's while trillions of years down the road. If they're correct, hard expanding and sucking matter all the way through. Uh, yeah, if you uh, see this big dark circle start forming in the sky some afternoon, you know, well, it's over. Well, yeah, I might actually see that tomorrow with the. Uh, I don't think <laughs> we get to see it here. With there's a solar eclipse that's going to leave a ring of fire, but I think it's mainly in the northeastern section of the United States and in uh, South Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to leave a very ominous shadow on the Earth tomorrow. Really? You'll actually get to see the ring of fire. Well, it'll probably we, be pouring down rain here. So Yeah, since we haven't had sunshine in two days, I don't know that it's going to be an issue here in Atlanta. Um, right. Anyway, I, I don't know. What, I, Oh my goodness. <laughs> see, see, oh, you must have had that song, I see. He must have had a hand in that. <laughs> Golly. Sometimes I think you and BP are in cahoots about this uranium Cons stuff. Firing against you, Donald. <laughs> are you sending him checks? He's taking control, Donald Wayne. Mm, okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's good to know that when I retire that you'll have somebody that can keep your anus active. So, <laughs> Well, you know, that's the goal. <laughs> so nothing will happen to your anus. It'll, oh, it'll still be alive. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, you know, it's weird hearing you say that. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm, yeah, especially when you add the... Uh, the uh oh boy. related situation to it doesn't it well you know we yeah. we we've talked about weirder stuff well we have indeed we have but it's usually not anything <laughs> personal <laughs> hey udu 3245066492939100 well do you want to do you want me to say it <laughs> go ahead say it bp uh, okay. Well, while he's trying to say that, yeah, call in and say that, BP. So, say Uranus 10 times as fast as there you can. There you go. Uranus is safe. That's right. Um. <laughs> Who, just uh, me or Dennis Lee? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, which one are we talking about? I think we're getting, I think we're, she's saying, let's go ahead and move along. There we okay. go. All three of us. Um, well, I won't even go down that road. What space? What space does? Okay, so the first thing I had, I had one thing that's just a little bit political, kind of, sort of, uh, just because it's kind of a cautionary thing as well. And this is from uh, Huckabee, but it's about. Um, be careful what you say in your private emails, you know, oh, uh, yeah. actually don't ever put anything in writing that you don't want other people to see at some point, even though we think that it's pretty safe, you never know. And this day and time they're mm -hmm. digging up emails on, on people. That's just, how did they get that? So, yeah. uh, and Huckabee's uh, morning newsletter, he's talking about, uh, he refers here, first of all, to Dr. Fauci 
just because of those emails they've recently dug up about him, which kind of puts him in a bad light since he's been denying that he was involved in any kind of funding for uh, gain of fu- was it gain of function. Is that what remember? Is that what they call it? Gain of function, I think. Anyway, experimenting with the viruses. So, but this is about a uh, school teacher in New York State. Uh, I think it's New York City. Anyway, it goes on to say New York schools are in the forefront of pushing critical race theory, introduction of children to help create a society in which people are branded as guilty of the thought crime of racism just for the color of their skin. By now, an award-winning teacher who was terminated for whistleblowing has produced a cache of emails written by other New York teachers and the head of their union. Take a guess who was engaging in actual crimes and real racist and anti-Semitic rhetoric. You might be alarmed. You might be interested to learn how Jews are to blame for the teachers refusing to go back to work. Of course, that's tongue in cheek with him. Uh, he's being facetious there, hmm. uh, but he's referring to these emails that have, they've uncovered. Uh, so anyway, it says, uh, no wonder these leftist teachers want to declare everyone guilty of racism. It makes it harder to spot the real racist in the crowd. So, um, <laughs> and the entire article is gone. Oh, jeez. I'm oh, telling you. What in the me, world? Let me see if I can. It's over here. It's over here on the other side, I think. Well, you want to talk about Uranus again for a minute while I... I'd rather not. Um, uh, well, they'd probably rather you not either, but... Yeah, yeah well, it's uh, a pretty good picture at this point. Anyway, they'd well, I can't, I can't get to it because this is the wrong hook of the article. Anyway, so they fired this teacher uh, some time ago because she was coming out against critical race theory. Well, somehow or another, somebody came up with a bunch of emails that were exchanged back and forth between a number of teachers in New York. And it turns out that they were making racist comments and they were talking about there's no race issues uh, in this country that need to be addressed in the schools, including the the teachers union, the head of the teachers union there for New York State or, or maybe it's New York City. I don't know how many union leaders they have. So anyway, I saw today that it looks like she's going to get her job back that a judge is so that they have to take her back because mm. she had a right to come out against critical race theory. She had a right to speak out against it. So, you know, and what? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here it is. Here it wait, is. What, what, ah. what in the wide world? Breaking news. Sports? Breaking news. Right oh, here man. next to the, uh, the truth about side sleepers. Okay. Whoa. So, uh, it says corruption and critical race theory and anti-white and anti-Semitic racism aren't new in New York schools. Uh, Cindy <clears throat> Grossman is that teacher that was fired for uh, blowing the whistle uh, on uh, critical race theory or complaining about it there. But 
let's see, a Trump, she was a Trump supporter and she also ran for Congress. Uh, and she's a veteran and she's battling New York's entrenched left. It says, um, I was exposing what seemed to be one of the most corrupt districts in New York, Gross tells PJ Media. But instead of fixing the problem, they seem to have encouraged it. A series of 2009 emails make the case. Who in the world has emails left over from 2009? Now, I'm pretty oh, slow that's... about deleting things, and you probably will find stuff from 2020 in my inbox. Uh, but 2009, no, I won't have any emails. Mm-hmm. So where, where do you even have those that people could use them against you? Um, she uh, goes on to say, a series of 2009 emails make the case. In a letter to parents dated February 2009, Principal Noreen Little admonishes parents to get their children to school on time. That's certainly where they go, but Little, who is black, uses racially charged language to make her point. I can't emphasize the importance of being on time, Little writes. I just know it sets a lifelong pattern. CP time is not recognized here. The reference to CP time surprised teachers, including Groves. It refers to colored people time, which plays off the stereotype that brown and black communities often run late when they have somewhere to go. According to Urban Dictionary, it has been sympathetically covered by the Huffington Post and some other publications. After a protest, Little was given a mild slap on the wrist in October. In a letter dated in 2009, Little received notice in writing that her CP time comment was discriminatory. Um, so that was one of the things that they found. There was some others here, and since it took me a minute to find this, I'm not going to go through all this, but the uh, Department of Education crimes consisting of 20, uh, $2,350, $235,000 in fraud. Uh, wow, this was going on. Several New York City teachers were engaged in a discussion on official email in which white women were depicted as docile and easy, while one black oh, male wow. teacher lauded the history of black Egyptians as superior t- to white history. Uh, that exchange occurred in 2006. Um, in an email reply to Gross, seen the discussion lots of times and asked Gross where she obtained the emails. Weingarten suggested that somehow someone is using the discussion to be divisive in the school. Uh, there's a bunch of emails here about people making racial comments, and a lot of them are against, uh, you know, white teachers and white students and white parents. So I'm going to post this later on. It's, it's, it's just like, the main thing is here. Don't have any emails from 2009 and certainly don't have any emails around. If you're criticizing for people for the same thing that you had been doing yourself. I mean, come on. Um, or maybe even worse. 2000. Yeah, golly. They, some of these even go back to 2006, but she's using him to get her job back. So good for her. The decision to pander public school teachers refusing to go back in person, learning 
costs poor children in school its repercussions on the quality uh, wine garden the uh she's the head of the union accuses jews of pulling up the ladder for the school children Lord. and that's recent so <clears throat> well so you know there's there's plenty of mustard to spread around here and uh Ooh, maybe mustard. just a little mustard just don't be accusing people of things that you've been doing yourself and then keep a record of it you like okay. regular mustard or spicy mustard, Donald Wayne? Um, I I kind of like the spicy. I, I, I kind of like to spice yeah. it up. Gooden's uh, uh, brown, spicy brown, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like to use that. Gooden's, especially if you're putting it on. Yeah, Gooden's or Gluden's, uh, one of the two. <laughs> it's probably Gooden's. Yeah. Probably Gooden's. <laughs> Yeah, glutus yeah. would be stuff right a whole there. different thing altogether. Yeah, glutus. Put it on your glutus. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you ever gone and gotten a Happy Meal, Donald Wayne? Um, I've gotten meals that I've been happy about. Okay, but I mean specifically, <laughs> the, you know, the the little McDonald's arches and the, the neat little box uh, with the little surprises in it. Well, okay. So you want me to date something here? I remember yeah. the first. I remember the first Happy Meal I got for you. So yeah, I remember. I, I, oh wow! I, I didn't yeah, know I had a little there, had a little toy in there. I think it was a Ronald McDonald back then. Huh. <laughs> That's a pin, Junior. Let me give that back to the. Of course, you you tried to eat it. Worker there. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Sure, I did. Um, well, you know, there's a story off of Fox News that a man in Virginia allegedly threatened to execute everyone in a McDonald's because he was unable to get a Happy Meal. Now, this is um, taking your complaint to the extreme. Why the couldn't he get the Happy Meal? Well, um, yeah, he's also threatened several other people in the area as well. Um, <laughs> indeed, BP, indeed. Um it, it, it occurred at a McDonald's in Stafford County last week. According to the police's statement, the suspect has been identified as, I'm not even going to identify him. Um, the, so the guy was working as a DoorDash driver, okay? And at the time, and, oh. and had arrived at the McDonald's just before 10 in the morning. According to reports, he became agitated when he was told it was too early for him to get a Happy Meal. Come on, buddy. They're still serving breakfast, which ends promptly at 10, 29, and 59 seconds. So, <laughs> Well, he was he was um, getting that for somebody to deliver. Is that what? Well, um, it goes on to say that witnesses reportedly stated that the guy uh, um, said before he left the restaurant that he would come back and execute everyone. So the McDonald's workers, um, they, they contacted the police right away. Uh, deputies were working to identify the suspect when a brandishing call was dispatched at Stafford Marketplace. The victim reported the driver of a white Toyota Yaris <laughs> pointed wow. a handgun at her and her passengers while passing through the merge area at Garrisonville Road and I-95. Um 
Yeah, they were still searching for the suspect. Uh, as the search of the suspect continued, the Aquia McDonald's called to report the irate DoorDash driver had returned. Deputy SM Eastman arrived and took the suspect into custody without incident. It was learned that the suspect had used abusive and threatening language towards a customer during this visit. What an idiot. So he leaves because he can't get the the um, the Happy Meal and then comes back. Uh, yeah, they do need a breakfast Happy Meal. That would be great. I just, I don't really don't, I don't go to McDonald's really though. Um, you know, Dunkin' for coffee and um, Chick-fil-A. I mean, if you want to be pleasured before you're, you know, before you what? start your day. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, not not <laughs> that way. I mean, what I mean is they're so very happy to please you. I mean, they're they're happy that you're there. I mean, it's yeah. a very very good experience to go through a Chick Fil A. Um, very happy to see you. I like their breakfast. I mean, I, I like a bacon, egg, and cheese. That's just the most positive attitude that I've ever encountered. Uh, and all the Chick-fil-A's, I've only uh, ran into one person that didn't have a good attitude. Like, they're extremely happy that you're there. They'll get you anything you want. They even disappoint you in an uplifting tone. <laughs> <laughs> We're very what? sorry, sir. Uh, our apologies that we don't have any more of those today. But we'll have some tomorrow. Can we interest you in this? Uh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a happy sausage. There you go, VP. Um, From Happy Hogs. Yep. Yeah, he was. Uh, so that guy was was uh, was charged with four counts of brandishing. But since he was a DoorDash driver, I mean, and th- th- they just pick up food and take it to people, right? Yeah, but I don't know that they're. Uh, yeah, but I don't know that they. Because on DoorDash and um, Uber Eats, if it's not available at the restaurant at that time, then they don't even post it on the menu. So it's not like so somebody ordered a Happy Meal. Yeah, it was probably for him. What adult would order a Happy Meal unless he's going to take it home to his kid? Well, I've ordered a Happy Meal before. You have? Mm-hmm. I thought there was an age limit on that. No, I can. you know, you can get as many as you want. <laughs> I want okay. 10 happy meals. Okay. I'm extremely happy today. Oh, but yeah. Do they, even, um, do they still give toys in those things? Yeah. It's, you know, it's real random. I mean, that's, it's not anything of any great consequence. Um, I'd it's rather get like, a box of Cracker Jacks. Uh, I was going to say, like things. the Cracker Jacks. I mean, yeah. can you get a, any cheaper toy than what goes in those boxes now? Hey, look, Billy's covered with tattoos, and all he does is eat Cracker Jacks. It's <laughs> because um, they load him with tattoos. You, the, you know, you get a tattoo in just about every other one. Yeah, but that's the ones you have to lick and stick on there. Oh, well, you'll find somebody to lick it. It's <laughs> the world we live in, Donald Wayne. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. okay. All right. Kick it over to you, Donald Wayne. Kick it over. I have no idea what that's going to be. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, the that, screen has gone blank again. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm surprised we're still on because Podbeam is not 
working. The little thing is not working over there. Uh, okay. Can you just, oh, just wet myself? <laughs> well, I, I, I can have some. Up, I can have some advice for you on that, but no, um, no. no, I just go rogue. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I'm gonna uh, just. Yes, I bet he would, BP. Bet he would. Did you? <laughs> And this is a story I want. I, I, I was excited about this story because I thought BP could use it and uh, put it in his calendar. Oh. And this is the problem with loading all these things up at the top for me. I wonder if it went over here to this side. Uh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, see, I've got so many of these dead gum things. I'm going to post this one. So, but BP, this uh, kind of in your neck of the woods. Oh. And this is a story uh, found off the AP, and it's no shirts, pants, or undies needed on bike ride, just a mask. So evidently there's this uh, bike ride that takes place in <laughs> Philadelphia. It's taken place for several years, except for last year, which they didn't do it because of COVID. But it's called, um, it's a, organizers of the annual Philadelphia or it's called the Philly Naked Bike Ride. Say that this year's event will take place on August the 28th, so that gives you plenty of time to uh, get ready, BP, and will require masks only based on the city's earlier coronavirus restrictions. Uh, the city lifted most of its COVID-19 rules this week, but uh, right now it's still on the books there in Philadelphia, so, you know, and, unless they rescind that before the August 28th uh, event, but ride organizers said they oh, hadn't my. had a chance to chat with the city uh, since the guidelines changed for the state. So they're going to stick with their initial mask guidance. So there's a picture. Well, they don't have any a picture of anybody with mask on because this is an old picture, but uh, lead organizer, Wesley Noonan Sessa, said they'll keep an eye on what the city says in the next month or so. Ride participants, sometimes in the thousands, now picture this, thousands of naked people on bicycles, usually gather in a park to strip off their clothes and paint each other's bodies before carefully hopping on their bikes. And they use the word carefully there before they hopped on their bike. The naked ride is... And the naked ride is to promote positive body image, advocate for the safety of cyclists and protest dependence on fossil fuels. Riders pedal a 10 mile uh, course while taking in sites, including Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell and the Philadelphia Museum of Arts mm. steps. The ones that were featured in the Rocky movie. So. You know, when I first started reading, I thought, well, it shows a picture. There's a lady. <laughs> there's a lady in the front. She's sitting on a bike. She's not totally nude. Um, then she has her arms strategically placed to to cover herself. But um, then there's some naked people in the background. And then there's other people with clothes. But 
you know, riding around in the park this way, if there's some bike trails, you know, that everybody can ride on that. I, I can see that making sense, I guess, if that's what they want to do. But for a group of people on bicycles in the thousands to ride around the city and go to these places I just mentioned, Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell and the museum, <laughs> uh, that could uh, create some traffic issues, wouldn't you think? Oh, you think? I mean, what the what the hell is wrong with people? Um, can you imagine riding a ten speed and your seat's a little low, and all of a sudden you hear old Bill scream out in agonizing pain because you know, um, well, he shifted a few too many times. I can <laughs> tell you from experience. That was probably fifteen, eighteen years ago. I bought a nice bicycle because i thought oh gee i want to start riding again <clears throat> and all of the seats i had to buy a special seat because those little seats just didn't work for me i mean i don't know how in the world i guess a lot of times they don't even really sit on them that long anyway they they're they're up on you know up on their legs pedaling and stuff but uh, I just think that would be uh, uncomfortable in clothes i can't imagine sitting on one of those things without any protection. Uh, but I mean, what if, you know, yeah, I mean, sudden stops, you, you jump up and down off of the seat too much. And uh, I'm I sure mean, there's a whole lot of bouncing going on there. It, uh, yeah, those uh, seats are real narrow at the front. They can, yes, they are. They, the, actually, there was, a a, there was a story. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story several years ago about that those kind of seats on bikes are dangerous for men that they create problems, uh, serious health right. issues. So, yeah, but this, 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 I wasn't going to go in that kind of depth, but, um, there's uh, anyway, the picture, uh, there's a woman here in this picture. She's sitting on a bike. Somebody has painted all over her lower half of her body. <laughs> so, um, you know, they all get together and, and strip down and, and body paint, and then they go ride. So, wow. So, in this uh, age of COVID, I can't think of a better thing to do. Um, so, I just, you know, BP, that's August the 28th. It's in Philadelphia. And I don't know whether you have to register or not, or you just show up with your bike and strip. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, how are they going to identify anybody anyway? Actually, we should go up yeah. there, Dennis Lee, and do a, a segment of no, Christ Talk. No, no, we should not. Well, um, I, not everybody has to strip. Well, you know, it's Philadelphia. I mean, that's that's dangerous ground. Well, dangerous that's true. Ground, we might run into some Eagles fans. We certainly couldn't wear any cowboy stuff. We'd well, be assaulted. Not going to be ashamed just because yeah, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I see that as like 15 people are attacking you about the that's right. Eagles well, fans. Then I'll just get naked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that'll solve that problem. That's okay, right. it'll spread out real quick. There's, there's that. That's oh, the goodness. calendar of event for August. If you live in Pennsylvania. All right. Well, that's another public service announcement. I know. Always trying to help out here. That's right. That's right. That's what we do.
I think that's <laughs> was that you? I think <laughs> yeah. I you know, I've been working on it, Donald Wayne. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh yeah, you know, that's probably what these people were doing when uh this gender of a reveal party went horribly wrong in Canada. Yodeling? Um Yeah, yeah. Yodeling all the way to the to the jail. I mean, um there was, you know, they're having all these reveal, you know, these gender reveal parties where they're blowing stuff up or, you know, they'll have a cake and something will pop out. It's just, it's just one thing after another. Um, well, an intentional explosion at a gender reveal party caused a wildfire in Canada. Um, I was sitting on the back and thinking, oh, yeah, well, BP, come on now. Um Allegedly. Um, according to Edmonton City News, the party was happening near Fort McMurray, a town in northern Alberta in central Canada on May 31st. Wildfire Information Officer Travis Fairweather told the outlet that the exploding target, which contained colored powder, that would be blue, started a blaze that grew about half the size of uh, a football field. Well, that's a Canadian football field. So it's, um, you know, about 75 yards by 32 yards. That's still a big, big area to get burned yeah, just because somebody did a gender reveal party. <clears throat> um, so the local firefighters, along with 10 uh, wildland fighters, were able to douse the flames before any more damage occurred. Uh, they got a $600 fine um, to the people that threw the party because they didn't get permission to use fireworks. And apparently you got to get permission to do that there. Uh, and they were also charged with the cost for extinguishing the fire. Yeah, I don't know, Jess Duck. You would think that people would learn, you know, people have lost appendages and, you know, had their eye put out. And um, so fireworks and exploding targets, they can be fun but they can also come with a hefty price tag if you end up inadvertently starting wildfire, Fairweather said. He may have talked just like that. Um, multiple wildfires in Canada and the U.S. have been caused by explosions at gender reveal parties, including the deadly El Dorado fire in California in 2020. So, And we still don't know the gender. Well, I guess we do because it was blue. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't um, that blue smoke? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, these days that doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> I'm surprised they still allow people to do that. And that, and that, that should be, somebody should be protesting that, shouldn't they? Using right. blue or yeah. red smoke. That's right, Just that People have died. People have died. Um, let's go on to a prating, uh, a prating. A praying mantis. Um, a praying oh, like mantis. praying mantis. Yeah. yeah, well, don't you? Especially when they rip their lovers' heads off. Um, well, I've never so watched there was them. A, have you ever seen a nest of praying mantises? No. Is there? A nest? I didn't even know they had a nest. I thought they were lonely so creatures. Were, well, no. They apparently like to hang out as long as it's the same sex. Um <laughs> So, uh, so these there was a, a nest of them that hatched right outside a man's front door, and it freaked him out. Um, yeah, he he, sh he shared the horrifying snap of praying mantis that hatched right outside his front door, covering his porch in bugs. Um, this was in uh, out of Nebraska. 
uploaded a photo to Reddit about showing dozens of yellow insects crawling all over wood and brickwork. Um, and he put the caption of the image was had a praying mantis nest hatched by my front door. Um, and uh, the post actually got a lot of interest. Um, I think that would be so, neat actually. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I, guess I mean, they can't hurt you. Definitely picture it. Um, Unless yeah, they spit I mean, in your I eye. Can't ima- oh yeah. Or try to rip your head off. Um, he said that he's seen the nest before. I just never realized it was a praying mantis nest. I walked outside this morning and was like, what the, are, are all those in the corner? Um, had to have a few that had fallen and gotten caught in cobweb. So, uh, I've seen these around in the years past and always thought the same, thought it was a moth or a butterfly cocoon, he said. And I mean, I've never seen a nest of... Uh, this particular creature either um, said he's always seen them in the summer and says they're great for pest control and see them around the house in the summer. Never a freshly hatched nest though, but uh, says they're awesome to have in your garden. They, they're like having a hundred exterminators in your yard. I guess they pretty much eat any other insect. Yeah. Um, like anybody's going to mess with them. So, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. If you see a bunch of um, a bunch of little yellow insects running around, those could be possibly little miniature praying mantis. I'd uh, like to have a nest a around a manti. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I just get to see one a year, and usually see it in the fall, and uh, lands on the patio somewhere, and you know. Hangs around for a while, yeah, looks for very, ants and stuff. Very rare insect to, to see. I've only seen um, in in the wild. I probably only I could count on both hands how many times I've seen. Really? Them. Yeah. I wonder if you can buy them and raise them somewhere. So you raise them. Yeah. Huh. I wonder how long praying mantises live. Anybody in the chat? Let's let's find <laughs> out how long a praying mantis will actually live. Um, uh, I, wonder. I wonder. We we can check that out. We can get our staff to look okay. into that. All right. Well, we'll get our staff to check their staff and circle back around with everybody else. Oh, I bet I can look while um, you're doing the next one. <laughs> okay. Well, the last little one here is that um, 35-year-old twins um, – Four to eight weeks. Okay. All right. Four to eight weeks. 35-year-old twins share a boyfriend, use a bathroom at the same time, and view themselves as one person. And no, they are not Siamese twins. I saw this, and I was like, this is very weird, because they do. Um, they're, they're identical twins. I saw that picture. Um, <clears throat> big ones live four to six months. Wow. That's actually longer than I thought they lived. Um Thank you for that research there, Jesta. That's, yeah, um, thank you. I, I thought they lived longer than that, too. Anna and Lucy aren't your average twin sisters. In addition to looking and dressing identically, the 35-year-old Australian duo showers together. Oh, boy. Hmm? Goes to the bathroom <laughs> at the same time and share a boyfriend. Now, okay. um... 
This is part of a reality show from TLC called Extreme Sisters. Um, so, uh, Howard Lee, president of TLC Streaming and Network Original, said in a press release that the series will introduce sets of inseparable sisters whose bonds are raw. <laughs> yeah, it sounds what? Like Honest and perhaps a little unconventional. Their sibling kinship brings the meaning of sisterhood to a whole other level. I would think so if they're showering together at 35 and um, <laughs> using, you know, sharing the same boyfriend. That's a little, a little odd. Um, sounds like a movie, actually. Some people like those videos. I bet they do, BP. Um, <laughs> get them while they're hot. The first three episodes show how the sisters' other relationships with their romantic partners and families become strained due to their super-bonded dynamics, uh, you think? Um, Anna and Lucy said they've always felt close, but their bond intensified after their father died from cancer. Well, I'm sad to hear that. Um, but now they do everything the same way and at the same time. Um Obsessing about being identical is how we live our lives, they said, in unison. So they actually are speaking at the same time, too. That wouldn't get annoying. Um, <laughs> so sharing a boyfriend for us means getting to be together all of the time. Oh, boy. Uh, don't, sh don't show a picture of this guy, but I bet if you watch the show... Um, you can actually get a glance at this. Um, oh, his the boyfriend. Name is uh, yeah, according to Ben, he doesn't mind the arrangement. He loves both oh. sisters because they're not afraid to be who they are. I bet he. Oh well, yeah. he does love both sisters. My goodness. Um, but Anna and Lucy have to reckon with the risk of their close bond when, uh, during episode one, Anna learns she needs one of her infected teeth surgically removed. Lucy demands she have her matching but healthy tooth removed so she and her sister can keep matching. But mm. the dentist refuses. What a what a piece of work. I mean, she's paying for it. Um, I think there's some the kind sisters, of log. <laughs> I don't know. I would you think know, so. Code um, or something. Yeah, you know, their dream to uh, marry Ben is illegal in Australia since it's considered a poly, uh, poly, polygamy. Know, polygamy. Thank you, Donald Wayne. <laughs> Move to Utah. Move to Utah. I'll take polygamy for <laughs> 400. <laughs> but they, they, <laughs> what, what's the, uh, what is the funny one that? Well, they're all funny that he does. That's uh, um, uh, Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah. When he does it. The category. Rough, one. Just like your mother. Like, <laughs> um, but they still have plans to start a family with Ben, which include getting pregnant at the exact same time. Uh, oh, okay. Through uh, artificial insemination with his sperm. I was you know, wondering uh, how that would be. That would probably be a whole different show that wouldn't be on TLC. Um, probably be on one of those late shows. Yeah, you, I mean, you never know. You never know. Okay. That's, um, that's uh, all right, so, what we got on that. Donald well, Ray. they didn't cover one thing that kind of is a question for me, Dennis Lee. Oh, well, what's that? W doing? What about working? I mean, are they independently wealthy? They don't need to work? 
Can you imagine them well, having apparently, to work the same well, they place? Probably, they probably are. Um, and they, you know, I don't know. That, would, know. Be that would be interesting. Uh, ben may, you know, he may have a big time job, so I don't know. <laughs> well, gonna, he's probably going to have to if he's going to hang around with Man. both of them. That well, there's well, some questions that could come out of that, but I'm not going to go there. There's a lot of questions, actually. A lot yeah, of questions. We, I'm going to write some of them down. Try to try to interview them on the show. Maybe we'll put them. Oh down yeah. On the interview uh, do list. we know where they live? Uh, well, no. Oh, we they're in uh, Australia. Yeah. Who do we know in Australia? Uh, we've got several um, listeners um, down that way. Was it Lingalonga that lives in Australia? Oh, Ling- I think Lingalonga. I think. Um, oh. Uh, I have to look at my list. Yeah. Well, so we, we just need to see see if we can find our connections there and down under. Yeah. Well, that's all I got on that. Um, I, I wonder if they eat Vegemite sandwiches together. Uh, it shows them eating something here, but I, I, they've got the screen <laughs> blotted out, so I don't know um, what that is. All right. Well, speaking of eating, <laughs> since, you, since you brought up food, I found this obscure article. Most of my articles are obscure. But this is from a site called KenwoodTravel.com and doesn't have an author on it. So um, I don't have to shout out to them, but it's, it's called, it says eight terrible restaurant ideas that are remarkably successful. Uh, But I'm not going to go through all eight. So, um, but it starts out by saying, if you think about it, we probably stuff all kinds of disgusting things in our bodies on a daily basis. Then it mentions hot dogs. Uh, but it also mentions bangers and mash. Have you ever had bangers, Dennis Lee? Well, now those are sausages. Well, you know, it's a sausage and a mashed potato, right? Well, it's it's supposed to be something. It looks something like a sausage, yes. But um, it says here. It's very sausage-like. It says, you know how, and they're nasty looking, actually, if you ask me, but. You know how Bangers got its name? Uh, then the, the site says it, it says because it can't legally be called a sausage unless it has a certain quantity of meat in it. So that's why it's not called a sausage, according to this article. So does it have less the recommended amount of sausage meat? Well, it, this article says there's no meat in it, so I don't know what's in it. Uh, or maybe maybe their description of meat. But anyway, it says bangers are not really real meat. But so well, is it's it not, like a vegetable? I don't know. I've I've seen one. I've seen there was a rest a uh, little bar down the street that had bangers and mash and I <laughs> never had the nerve to order it. <laughs> Didn't want to order it, so um look nasty. Well, anyway. I saw a banger. But I, you know, said don't look them in the eyes. So let's see, banger. I'm gonna look that up, Donald. Okay. So it says we get around these things by not thinking about where our food comes from, or what's in it, or what it used to look like in another life, and instead enjoy the sweet taste of processed animal bits. 
uh, a restaurant that only serves. Oh, okay. Oh, that's jumping oh, right my. into the article. Huh? Yeah. You looking at it? It's nasty, isn't it? I, well, no, I haven't seen a picture of it yet. I got another uh, description. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it could anyways. be a forceful or aggressive athlete, Donald Wayne. All right, here's a restaurant for you, Dennis Lee. I mean, so since you you like to try exotic things, right? Uh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a surprising twist to this as I go further into this story. But there's a restaurant that only serves phallic shaped foods, which happen to be phalluses, and that's oh. in Beijing, China. So if someone told you that people were going to open a restaurant based solely on serving the male genitals of a variety of animals and advertise it as such, would you be excited about eating there? Uh, that would be a no, Donald Wayne. Okay. All right. Well, the Gong Li Huang restaurant in Beijing, China, does exactly that. It specializes in dishes prepared from the genitals of male animals including but not limited to ox, goat, donkey, snake, dog, and deer. Mm. Uh, Tasty. If, if yak penis on a bed of extra spicy curry is not your thing, you can try one of their wines, which might contain ex extracts of heart, penis, and blood from a deer. Oh. Um. Uh, uh, got your interest yet? Why? Why, Donald Wayne? I, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, the Gao Lee Wang is a chain of restaurants. There's actually some of them in the United States. In fact, and now this, this surprised me, the restaurant began in the United States in 1956. And guess where they began, Dennis Lee? Um. In Dallas? <laughs> well, that's a good guess. In in the Chinatown area of Atlanta, Georgia. First of all, I didn't even know we had a Chinatown in Atlanta. Do we have a Chinatown? I, I didn't either. Well, that's what it says. In 1956, they started serving this stuff here in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Uh, but I don't know where there's a Chinatown. I, I guess I'm going to have to look on the map now and see if that's true. Uh, but the restaurant points out that eating male private parts helps male potency, which is exactly how science works. If you want to swim better, eat fish. If you want to learn to fly, eat chicken wings. If you want to be hung like a horse, it goes on. So oh boy. Chinese culture is different from other cultures. Some of their population completely buy into the idea that you are what you eat. So good luck with that. Oh, I just, I can't even imagine. I'm serious. I mean, this is a serious thing. I can't even imagine. And I know that mountain oysters are seem to be something that work for some people in this country, but this, this garbage here that they were just talking about and drinking deer blood. And, uh, and I don't know. Uncle so. Joe says if we eat a duck penis, so we'll be able to <laughs> float on the water. <laughs> Um, you won't drown. Goodness gracious. Oh boy. All right. The next one on the line here is the lucky 
the new lucky restaurant in Ahmad, Ahmad, Abad, India. That doesn't even sound like India for some reason. Ahmadabad, mm. India. It's famous for its fine food and excellent service. And of course, dead bodies. This eatery was built atop a Muslim cemetery some four decades ago. Besides tables and chairs, you'll find graves dotted around the shop. Customers have to dodge coffins while making their way around to the tables. India's exceedingly high population contributes to their seemingly tolerant attitude towards all things dead. Cemeteries in the area are not the kind of creepy place that you would find, say, here in the United States. In India, they can be a more lively place where people set up stalls next to graves, sit and drink and chant obscene, if occasionally <laughs> witty slogans about the underperforming dead comrades. That's in India. I just, that's, so there's two right there. That's two places I'll never be able to go. Can you imagine sitting in a restaurant and then there's, you know, just coffins laying up on top of the ground around the area where you're eating? No, that wouldn't be good. Okay. No. All right. Well, try this one. This is in, um, I think it's Clerkenwell Green, London. And it's Sedan's Lenore restaurant. This bizarre restaurant in London makes you eat, to put it simply, in total darkness. Not low lit, not lit by a torch, but pitch black darkness. You think you could handle that? Uh, yeah, I've oh, seen, I I've right. seen those before. Um, there was a Mexican restaurant close to us several years ago that was a very popular restaurant, but went in there one time and it was so dark in there. They had little tiny lamps on the tables that, you know, like a, a nine watt light bulb in it, or like a candelabra bulb. We actually had to turn the lamp upside down and point it over the menu so we could so we could see and after the chips and salsa we didn't order any food because i just wasn't about to eat in a place i couldn't see what i was eating so anyway this restaurant has you in the total pitch black darkness uh to make sure it remains pitch black customers are asked to surrender their cell phones their watches lighters or anything that can give off light before they can go inside the restaurant itself um, it says that once customers adjust to the darkness of it all, they should begin to relax and rely on their other senses to enjoy a meal. It says this concept began in Paris with the aid of the Foundation for Blind People, and it was actually created uh, for the blind to give blind people jobs, uh, jobs that they could do, because obviously, you know, they're they're trained uh, to be able to maneuver around without sight. So um, it's all the waiters in this place are blind because it, uh. it doesn't really matter whether they can see or uh, not. Wouldn't you feel bad complaining about your food? Uh, I don't. I'd be afraid to complain about it because you don't know who's standing around you with a knife in their hand. I just, I just have no interest in doing anything like that in the dark. Um, <laughs> but it I, says I hate it for anybody who is blind. Um, this is I an totally, upscale restaurant. It's expensive yeah, food. It's French cuisine. Um, yeah. 
they uh, you're not and you're once you sit down you're not allowed to leave the table without guidance <laughs> another you know i guess you can't even raise your hand you just have to shout out uh restroom i don't know but, uh, uh, be my luck. I I turned the line on my phone, and there's some people fondling each other. Oh, you can't have your phone. Spread. They take your phone. You take They're your not phone. Taking my phone. Yeah, oh. they get you get to put it in a little lock box, and you get like a locker at the front of the restaurant. Uh, oh, I'll have a I'll have a rogue phone in my in my sock. <laughs> um, yeah, this then, don't taste like chicken. Um, <laughs> why are these chips moist? I don't understand. Um, well, it says without vision, your sense of taste and smell should be enhanced, meaning so much more attention it? can be paid to the flavors and textures of things that you're putting in your mouth. So, <laughs> People have been known to meet at the restaurant for blind dates, it says, uh, you know, they before they actually want to see each other, they meet at this restaurant and uh, just talk you know, and see if they like each other's personality before they actually see what each other looks like. So I don't know. That's just not happening. It's not uh, happening. I'm not doing that. I'm not going in one of those escape rooms. It um, says one of those things are happening. The lack of light removes the stress from having to, to decide what to wear. So, you know, it, Hey, you could go in a t-shirt and boxer shorts, I guess. Well, of course you do have to get in there and people can see you out in the lobby. So uh, there might be some concern about what you wear, uh, but there is a little bit of there is a little bit of uh, hope to this story because they do allow light in the kitchen area. They're not actually cooking in the dark. So well, I would think that that would be against code to cook in the dark. Health, you know, safety <laughs> violation, health violation. Well, Jeez. it was this was supposed to be venison. I don't know what this is. Or don't we have <laughs> any standards? <laughs> they they have these restaurants in China, of course, America, Israel, and Australia. But um, I don't know. Oh, I, I couldn't eat there either. I, I think you were. Did you hear me talk about the Mexican restaurant that I had to use the the lamp on the right, table right. one time to read the menu? Yeah. I couldn't yeah. eat in there because I kept seeing things moving around, you know, on the floor and on the tables. And uh, <laughs> I, it's a popular place over here, about you know, over there on Chastain Road. And uh, I just couldn't do it. Oh, the really big place? Yeah, the big Mexican it's restaurant. Got the stage. It's got the stage and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got the rooms upstairs and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's, no, it is notoriously dark there. Yes, I, I can't. Now, they may have uh, increased the lighting a little bit since we decided we wouldn't eat there, but, uh, yeah, that was a very... Well, we always liked going because they, the, they would do the dancing on the stage. and Yeah, they had entertainment. The snakes. Who? Yeah. Had what? <laughs> snakes? <laughs> snakes. Okay. All right. The next one is the Mount Hushan, China, the tea house. And this tea house is located on top of Mount Hushan, one of the most treacherous mountains in the world. And I'm going to be posting these on Facebook, but you, you got to see, you'll never, you'd never make it up there because they, they've actually got things nailed into the mountainside, the cliffs, and they've got three walk boards stretched across there. They give you a, a, a rope or something to go around your waist. And then it's got a, 
rope that extends up to this uh, wire that you clip onto. And that way, if you fall off the boards, there's a chance that it might keep you from going all the way down the mountain. But uh, that's how you get up to the uh, to the uh, tea house at the top of the mountain. But it says, no, it's okay. It says it's it's one of the most treacherous mountains in the world. And unsurprisingly, many people have died climbing the mountain through the years, and many more have taken one look at the rickety ass planks, it says in the article, of wood used to walk on as you traverse the mountain and passed on the opportunity to be dashed on the rocks below. I mean, there's a guy, um, if you click on the video, I think you can access that when I post it, but this one guy, he's, it shows him, you can't see a lot of him, but you can see his feet walking on these three boards and they're like three tuba sixes basically. And they look old, very old, older than one of those bridges that Indiana Jones was trying to cross. And, um, that's how you get, if, if you make it alive, of course, they also have, uh, uh, temples, on this mountain. And then one place they had a hole in the side of the, the cliff and they had a, like a little blanket in there. And, and the guy said, Oh, this is a rest stop. So you have to crawl up in this little hole and that's where you can rest a minute. If you're exhausted from trying to stay on those three boards. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, but it says people in reality are risking their lives on the hiking trail for the, for the temples more than just to get a cup of coffee or tea at the top of the mountain. But so, so far that I haven't found any place I want to go to uh, eat or drink. Okay. This last one, and this is what it says in the article. <laughs> it says the shit house in China and others like it all over Asia. Meals are served to you in a toilet. What? Meals. Uh, okay, what? this is just uh, this. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't react to the name, but you're going to react because I said the word toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just they're eating food on a toilet. It says the meals are served to you in a toilet. Doesn't say you're eating on a toilet. No, your your oh. me- actual meal comes to you a bowl that sits in the bowl of the toilet itself. Where, where is this at? Uh, it says in China and all over Asia, uh, the restaurant serves delicacies in replica toilets, Dennis Lee. They're not real toilets, but they look like a toilet. Uh, the owners decided to open the eatery after dining in such a crap house that they thought it was as bad as eating in a toilet. So most people would have taken fecal flavored food as a sign not to eat in an establishment anymore. But these guys... The shithouse owner, co, oh, co-owner is Feng Lu, saw it as a business opportunity. At the time, he was considering opening a chain of them since they were so successful in China where he started the first one. Other similar restaurants are called the Modern Toilet Restaurant, which started in Taipei in 2004 and now has branches all over Taiwan, as well as Hong Kong and mainland China. Um, Taiwan, uh, <laughs> Taiwan's, uh, predilection for toilet themed tasteries seems to stem from their tolerance of natural body, fu- bodily functions. Spitting in public in Taiwan is quite common and burping is apparently considered polite in Taiwan. 
Oh wow! I'm so that uh, there's <laughs> there will be video clips that that are that accompany these things. There's one showing a picture of these people in in total. You know, you see those things uh, uh, like the ghost hunters, and then and then Sasquatch, where right. the film's all grainy because it's in the dark, and they're well, they're showing some people being led into the restaurant in total darkness, and one of them kind of looks a little fearful to me, but you know. <laughs> so if you want to add a little excitement, if you're one of those people that could jump out of a plane and do skydiving, surely you could, you know, try one of these four restaurants. Hmm. Bon appetit. No, thank you. No, thank you. That wouldn't work for you? No, it would not. Nope. Nope. Okay. No, I just, I don't think I'll eat um, for a couple of days after that. Um, so, so I got one here that's got 10 of the strangest medical cases um, that, you know, people may have heard or may not have heard about it. Sasquatch has probably seen some of that. Welcome, Sasquatch, um, out there hey. in the woods. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. So a 62-year-old man was hospitalized um, after he was found to have high levels of carbon dioxide in his blood, a condition that can be life-threatening. I guess so. The man was placed on a ventilator and given a general anesthetic called uh, propofol. Oh, boy, here we go. According to a report of the case published December 2nd, 2020, in the New England Journal of Medicine, five days later, the man's urine which was being collected in a catheter bag, turned green. While green urine can be due to a number of factors, in this case, the culprit was propofol. This hmm. medication is widely used in general anesthesia, but in rare cases, it can turn a person's urine green. Um, so that yeah, would be upsetting. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it eventually goes away. It's because of the drug. Uh, yeah, gamma rays. Um, so another one on here is being allergic to the cold, not to a getting a cold, but allergic to the cold. There was a story where a 34-year-old man collapsed after he stepped out of a hot shower into a cold bathroom. According to a report, the case published October 27th, 2020, in the same old, uh, well, no, it's Journal of Emergency Medicine, that a man was struggling to breathe and his skin was covered in hives. He was experiencing a life-threatening, whole-body allergic reaction known as anaphylaxis. Um, oh, that one I've heard of. The, yeah, but this is just from getting out of a hot shower into a cold room. Doctors diagnosed him with cold urticaria, cold <laughs> urticaria, an allergic reaction of the skin after exposure to cold temperatures, including cold air or cold water. The most common symptom is red, itchy rash, hives after exposure to the cold. But in more serious cases, people can develop anaphylaxis which can cause their blood pressure to plummet and airways to narrow, making breathing difficult. Um, wow. 
they had to give him antihistamine and steroids and actually had to get an uh, epinephrine uh, auto injector in case that ever comes up again. So be careful getting out of a hot shower into a cold room. Never heard of that in my life. No. I've heard of getting um, the chills, you know, from kind of doing that. Right. Um, so, and then there was a 50-year-old man, a 54-year-old man, suddenly lost consciousness after experiencing a life-threatening heart rhythm problem. According to a report of the case published September 23rd, 2020, in New England Journal of Medicine, his family said that a man had a poor diet, and in recent weeks, he had consumed one to two large packages of black licorice every day. Despite receiving multiple treatings in the intensive care unit, the man died 32 hours after arriving at the hospital, the report said. Black licorice often contains a compound called uh, glycerizin, which is derived from the licorice root, according to the Food and Drug Administration. Consuming too much of this root or candies flavored with the root can be dangerous because glycosyrazin lowers the body's potassium levels. This, in turn, can lead to high blood pressure and abnormal heart rhythms. Um, eating just two ounces of black licorice a day for two weeks can cause heart rhythm problems. So, I mean, for people 40 or older, so get off. I knew I didn't like black licorice for a reason. Um <laughs> Uh, very good, Sasquatch. Um, and, uh, so there's another one of a 17 year old who went to the emergency room after he experienced a sharp pain in his chest that radiated to his back. According to a report of the case published July 29, 2020, in the new journal of emergency medicine, a CT scan of his chest showed there was a linear metallic foreign object lodged in his heart. Sounds like that report they're about to release out of the Pentagon. Um, the object <laughs> turned out to be a 1.4 inch um, sewing pin, which doctors removed through open heart surgery. Um, he ingested, uh, he hadn't, he said he hadn't ingested any foreign objects or experienced physical trauma in his chest. But in a later interview, he revealed that his tailors of his clothes and sometimes holds sewing pins in his mouth um, ah. because he's a tailor. So uh, he wasn't aware of, of swallowing one, but I guess he actually did. I would think so, he would notice it, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so there's another one where a 61-year-old woman needed a liver transplant because she had cirrhosis or scarring of the liver. But her doctors were puzzled when her urine repeatedly tested positive for alcohol, even though she denied drinking, according to a report of the case. Um, after some careful sleuthing, doctors discovered that microbes in the woman's bladder were fermenting glucose into alcohol. Her body was fighting against <laughs> her and trying to get her drunk. Um, <laughs> well, that's the woman's weird. Condition, yeah, isn't it? Um, her, her woman's condition is similar to a rare disorder called auto brewery syndrome 
or ABS in which microbes in the gastrointestinal tract convert carbohydrates into alcohol. Um, they said people with ABS can get drunk just from eating carbs. So, geez. Boy, wouldn't I mean, that make it simple for some people? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get wasted after, oh. you know, I, I'm going to eat this piece of cake here. <laughs> I'm going to be obliterated. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so um, the, this woman's case, the fermentation was taking place in her bladder which makes her condition distinct from ABS. Um, the alcohol didn't get from her bladder into the bloodstream, so the woman never appeared intoxicated. So that would be a hell of a disease to get. Um, yeah. And then the last one I'll do on here, and we won't do all of them, um, the, uh, there was a... Uh, um, the woman had a rare condition known as a wandering spleen, which happens when the ligaments that keep the spleen in its usual spot become weakened and allow the organ to migrate inside the body, just kind of, you know, wander around wherever it wants to. Um, hmm. The CT scans of the woman's abdomen taken just two days apart showed that her spleen had traveled from the upper left quadrant of her abdomen to the lower right quadrant, according to a report of the case. Uh, that's about a foot distance, the author said. So uh, the woman had a liver condition that resulted in her spleen getting larger, which in turn caused the ligaments surrounding her spleen to stretch out. Um, and the only thing to treat a wandering spleen is to remove the spleen. So... Um, yeah, she was hoping for a liver transplant, but actually had to get her spleen taken out. So, geez. She was hoping for a liver transplant? Yeah, yeah. She had a gimpy liver, too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's not good. No. Yeah, you got to make sure you uh, make sure you take care of yourself because you never know what's going to happen. Well, you uh, need to order those those veggies and fruits that you can get that you see the commercials for all the time. You see those? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they had well, some you guy end up with hot tub lung. That would be something. What? What is that? Hot, uh, um, it's a, uh, it's a, um, a disease that can occur when people inhale certain aerosolized bacteria that belong to the genus um, microbacterium, including microbacterium avium. Yeah. Oh, you mean from sitting in the hot water and the bubbles force it out into the air and you breathe it in? Is that what it says? Yeah, it turns it turns it into an aerosol. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yep. So when you're sitting there in that hot tub, you're just kind of roasting like a piece of shrimp. Well, I guess I'll cancel that order for my hot tub for this fall then. Yeah. Well, you just have to plug a dehumidifier into your mouth there. And <laughs> to your mouth? Why? That, that sounds, I hope it's battery operated because <laughs> otherwise it could be a hazard. Could be. Could be. <laughs> okay, George. Um, last night I mentioned... Uh, a little teaser about the woman who had the blood dripping from the ceiling. Oh yeah. The dripper. 
the, <laughs> the dripper. I don't know that she was a dripper, but so um, I thought I would finish that story. Oh. Um, which it's um, the title of the story wakes a woman wakes up to find blood from a corpse dripping through her ceiling. And that's from that same site that I had that story about the woman that was kept in a box for seven years last night. Uh, Lad Bible for, uh, yeah, pour me one of those two, would you? But a woman from Texas says she was left in shock after waking up to discover blood dripping down from her ceiling and onto her face. It's the stuff of nightmares and horror movies. But I became, but it became a grim reality for Anna Cardenas from El Paso when she woke to the sound of dripping blood at about 4 a.m. and discovered the horrifying scene in her bedroom. It gets worse. She told the news outlet KTSM, it grossed me out. I was in shock. I thought, this isn't real. It's got to be a dream. Wake me up. It turned out that the blood had come through the ceiling and leaked down onto her ceiling fan, which had then sent it splashing off around the room as, as well as down onto her face. So this ceiling fan is slinging the blood around her bedroom. Jeez. Uh, Cardenas continued, I called maintenance. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> maintenance man at that complex. And, and they said, are you sure? And I said, blood is falling on me. Uh, eventually, the emergency services were called and responded to the upstairs apartment. Upon entering, they discovered a man upstairs had died of natural causes, and his body had been decomposing up there for five or six days. The firefighters knocked down his door, and the body was laying exactly where the ceiling fan is underneath. He had carpet, but the blood had seeped through to my ceiling, Cardenas said. So she understandably had to leave that apartment. She couldn't stay in there, and I, I don't blame her. I couldn't have either. Uh, and she stayed in a hotel for a few days, uh, but then she decided even after they cleaned up her apartment, she wasn't going to be able to go back there to that apartment anymore. Uh, so she started a GoFundMe page. Uh, to help her pay for temporary housing as as well as clothes and personal items that she lost because she basically had to throw everything away uh, that the that the fluids were slung around on in that room. Did uh, she on, say she got some of that in her mouth? Uh, I think it said a drip. Let's see. Well, it says onto her face. It didn't say into her mouth. But it was on her face, pretty close. Uh, On her fundraising page, she wrote, an unfortunate death occurred in the apartment above mine, which resulted in me having to immediately evacuate my home. Bodily fluids began leaking from the ceiling, contaminating all my personal belongings. Bed, furniture, clothes, sheets, and much more are now destroyed and had to be thrown away due to biohazard. I see. Others and I made several attempts to. Oh, okay. This is talk. This is the article. People again. Uh, others have made several attempts to contact the managers at the Silo Vista apartment complex with no response or return of phone calls. But it goes on for a couple more sentences, stating that she just needs 
the money to replace some things and help pay for the hotel bill that she ran up, you know, while she, when she had to escape the apartment. Um, it says so far she's raised more than $10,000, which was, you know, she only asked for five in the beginning. So she, she got $10,000 or a little bit more than $10,000. Uh, I looked at the GoFundMe page cause there's a link to it in the article. Uh, but she suspended the count. Now she says that she's collected enough to replace her items and get the necessary health assistance to get through this. And she appreciates everybody who contributed to her. So, um, sounds like she's probably going to be looking for some therapy. Uh, I read some of the comments that people made when they were donating money to her. And there were several people said, you need to sue the apartment complex and all that. Uh, for not doing this and that, but, um, you know, uh, as you well know, Dennis Lee, since, uh, you've lived in apartments as well, that's why they tell you, you, you should always get uh, renter's insurance because there's limited liability for anything that happens in an apartment. Well, um, they actually make you get renter's insurance now to where um, when you rent an apartment it's required and if oh that's true you fail, you're right yeah if you fail your yeah if you don't make your payment they actually contact the apartment complex and they'll threaten to evict you if you don't keep that going yeah you have to maintain it i guess a lot of people you know because a lot of people really think maybe because of our society that you know if you're living in a, an apartment complex that if something happens you know all you got to do is as, as sue them or expect them to pay for it. And sometimes they will offer to pay for certain things, especially uh, in certain situations, but you know, they, they still expect you now, like you said, to have renter's insurance. And a lot of times you can't get an apartment if you don't maintain it. So. Right. And it's what, I don't know, 15, $20 a month. And it covers just yeah, about anything that happens. Yeah, it's, a, it's fairly affordable. I think mine was like 46 bucks. Yeah, about the only thing the apartment is going to cover is if the maintenance man sets fire to the building. Uh, then right. you might might have a little might have a little court case there. So that you was the story. A fact, <laughs> Do what? Well, did you? Uh, no, but I actually, I, you know, the company, one of the companies I used to work for they were, we were building a new phase and one of the plumbers set fire and burned the entire building down. Um, wow. and, and so, uh, you know, my company did pursue the plumbing company and, and, uh, had a settlement. Yeah. Cause one, one guy got a torch too close to, uh, some <laughs> flammable items and burned the entire building down. Wow. Brand new building. Oh. So, I would have hated to have been that guy. No, I've never set. Well, I won't say I've never set fire to anything when I was a maintenance man, but I uh, uh, never anything drastic. Right. Those torches are dangerous, Dennis Lee. They are. They are. In the wrong hands. I mean. <laughs> don't don't drink and try to solder pipes. Right. Well, let's All right. see what I got here. Got some I have ducks. actually MR ducks. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, there's an article out of The Guardian that said, uh, don't feed the ducks. The Royal Parks warn of bullying bird behavior after the lockdown. So 
Apparently in London, they got some bad birds. Um, uh, probably didn't London's get fed. Well, this is true. Um, London's Royal Parks are urging visitors to stop feeding bread to ducks because it is causing overcrowding and bullying among the birds. So they're bullying each other, actually. Um, and this will not be tolerated. This aggression will not stand. Um, I can't, well, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, a campaign launching today highlights how excessive feeding upsets fragile ecosystems, leading to large groups of aggressive gulls and crows that steal the eggs and chicks of other birds. I mean, do you even know that this was going on, Donald Wayne? I had no idea. I'm totally surprised by that. I mean, um, flabbergasted. The message is part of the new new Help Nature Thrive campaign, which involves putting 250 signs around the parks to encourage uh, visitors, not vigilantes, to stop giving wildlife food of any kind, even if it's what they naturally eat. Because it's of the uh, unintended harmful impacts. Um, and they actually get about 77 million visitors every year. So that's a lot of breadcrumbs. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, they say it's such a difficult like thing to, to address because it's. Yeah, right. Uh, I said it's part of a tradition for many of us going out and feeding the birds with your kids. Um, so people pe- feed birds from a good place, but there's there's unintended consequences. Um, swarm numbers have ballooned with 175 across Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens today compared with just 13 in 1990. So um, the numbers of there are growing and they're getting aggressive. There's a battle for crumbs. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're going out to the park, apparently it's not safe to, uh, give out the breadcrumbs anymore. So if you're traveling all the way across the pond to go to Hyde Park and feed the birds, you'll be very disappointed. So hopefully we've saved you the heartache. Um, there are 400,000 records of more than 6,000 species of birds in the Royal Parks, including 4,700 species of inverte- uh, invertebrates. Invertebrates. Yeah. So that's a lot. It's a lot, Donald Wayne. It's a lot of feathers. I'm, I'm sorry. I was typing there. I I was trying to to respond to Sweet Brandon and uh, oh, hey, Eric, Brandon. Eric jumped in here. Um, hey, Eric. That's a long way to go yeah. feed ducks, though, Dennis Lee. It is. Um, they're encouraging uh, people, if they've just got to feed them, um, you know, use things like sweet corn or porridge oats or crumbled biscuits and defrosted frozen peas. Yeah, um, as well as birdseed, but um, well, I you know I have this customer yeah. that has a pond uh, in his subdivision that he's his property goes all the way down to the pond, and he used to feed the ducks, 
uh, twice a day in oh, the morning and the afternoon. Really? And when, when I would be there all day, I mean, there would be the ducks would start coming up from the lake, you know, you know, about four o'clock in the afternoon and you knew it was feeding time and they'd be on the fence. They would be up in the yard. I mean, there would be somewhere around 20, 25 ducks in this yard. And, uh, finally the subdivision, the people in the, um, on the board, uh, decided, you know, that was not good for him to be feeding the bird, the, the ducks because it makes them too dependent. And, um, so they, they forced him to stop feeding the ducks. But that was, Oh, um, sweet Brandon. I think tried to call in Donald Wayne. Well, he's over to my left. I couldn't see that. What? Oh, okay. If you want All to right. try and do it again there, sweet Brandon, go ahead. Call on in. Remember, non-explicit in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and the time begins now. Policy. And you're hey, on the clock. Hey, sweet hey, Brandon. Sweet. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, We're how just are you? Rolling along. I so just you heard you talked about ducks. Duck a a duck-related anecdote. Oh, okay. So I think uh, I'm not. Sure. I know. I th I think I've told some people here that uh, I'm from Canada. Okay, we were just talking about you guys. All right, that's wonderful. Hopefully, good things. But the yeah, uh, the yeah. Canada the Canada goose is a protected species here. Okay. So you're not allowed to move them from when they from where they decide to uh, take up shop. So to speak. oh, okay. So there's uh we don't have uh, beer and liquor in in uh, corner stores like you guys have. We have government regulated beer and liquor stores. Government hmm. regulated. How's that? So there was a lick that's uh you've got to go to the beer store or the LCBO, which is the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, you know what? There's another place that has a setup like that. Uh, some place it was some place in Alabama. I believe to where, yeah, there's state controlled, but yours is um, controlled by can by the government, right? Of Canada, correct? Yeah, or yeah, those are state government. state. Uh, they do have state liquor run, stores. Yeah, they do have state sanctioned liquor stores here yeah. in, the, in the United States as well. I but think it's, it's different to uh, other places in Canada, but in Ontario, like I'm from just uh, outside Toronto, in Ontario. Oh, okay. Provincially regulated, which okay, is the same gotcha. as state. Gotcha. Well, that's got to be so a bummer. So this was uh, this was that's uh, not too bad. This was a uh, early COVID, and uh, maybe June, July of uh, 2020, the uh, the LCBO decided they could reopen their doors. Right. But a a family of Canada geese. I decided to build their home outside the front door of the the liquor store. Oh wow! So every time somebody tried to walk in the front door, they would be attacked by a family of geese. Yeah, they can be vicious. So that would be no good. Yeah, they can be quite angry little things. So the franchise owner went to the government and said, "I can't run my business because people won't come into my store because they're being attacked by wildlife." 
and they were told that you cannot displace the animal, so they had to close it for another like three months longer than they had to, just because there was a family of Canada geese living outside their front door. You got to be kidding hmm. me! So, what if they you were... went out and bought some animal that wouldn't eat them, but maybe scare them away? Would that be an issue? <laughs> well, like a dog? I, I don't know some some dog that wouldn't eat them, or but just be angry enough looking that that would scare them away. Of course. I don't know. I, I don't know luck. if you guys realize how vicious Canadian geese are. Oh, I, yeah, because we actually, yeah, we, a lot of them come down here yeah. in the in the summertime. Um, I was just talking about a, a customer of mine who has a lake behind his house in this subdivision. A lot of ducks, but also there's a lot of Canadian geese that fly over here around Georgia um, at times of the year. And so, yeah, we... I've come in contact with them several times. And I, I walk to work every morning and I walk along the lake. We've got a, a, a lake in my city. And I'm walking along the boardwalk just to, it's like the shortcut to get to work. Yeah, right. if there's a family, if there's a family of geese that I'm walking towards, I turn the other way. <laughs> I, I'm that and, way with turkeys. Yeah. So Dennis I Lee like has it. a problem with, uh, we have a lot of wild turkeys out here where we are in our little part of uh, north of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, they don't, they just don't take to Dennis very well. They, <laughs> well, they do take they to him. They, they, they like to peck him. They're, they're a bunch of yeah. Istanbulis. <laughs> Where's the drums for that? That's like. a double uh, turkey. We got, yeah, yeah. Hello. Trying to meet loaf. I'm just trying to earn those three minutes. You know, I got if I gotta there do a, a if I gotta do a silly yeah. double entendre pun to do it, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we, look, we definitely we appreciate, appreciate you coming <laughs> in. Uh, your first time caller, so he deserves to get the clap too, Donald Wayne. Uh, you won't go away from this empty-handed suite. Dennis Lee uh, likes to give everybody the, the clap. That, gift that keeps on giving. Yes. The, the clap special. is the Cadillac of STDs. It's just a one there shot. You and you're done. There you go. That's right. It's not Never recurring. Heard it you just get the way, one but... shot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, but uh, definitely uh, thank you for coming in. Sweet. I feel like I feel like that saying is, uh, it must be from a long time ago because Cadillac is not the best car anymore. No, it's actually not. It's, it's funny you um, it's like the Cadillac of something is like the best, but like Cadillac's not the best anymore. No, it's not even no. in the top. Well, it's probably in the top five, but it's not, you know, like the top three or anything. You know, it's barely squeezing into the top five. I put it in a top 10 without well, a the doubt. The funny thing uh, is when it was, you know, one of the luxury cars in this country, I mean, but they, I mean, almost the moment you drove it out of the lot, which is, true about a lot of cars uh it dropped drastically in its value they did not retain their value very well because they were not very well built but a lot of people love cadillacs now they're much better uh but they're certainly been overshadowed by uh, a lot of imports these damn european well some of the lincolns are actually um a little more luxurious than some of these cadillacs Oh yeah, Lincoln Continental is the best name for a car. Right? Doesn't that sound very regal? You know, 
What are you driving? I'm driving a Lincoln. But see, Lincoln was another one like a Cadillac that it just did not uh, retain its value. Right. But then they got Matthew McConaughey in the commercials, and all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, if I had all a. All right, all right, all right. I, I'm yeah, afraid I would go to sleep. Lincoln Continental on the highway <laughs> and feel the breeze roll That's through right. your hair. All right, all right. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you could put Matthew McConaughey in any commercial and people would buy it. Yeah, you could. Almost like, um, what's that other guy that uh, watched a movie that he did uh, last night? Um, he was in Roadhouse. What is his name? I always Patrick Swayze? No, the other guy. The older guy. Oh, um, with a mustache? Yeah, the stash. Uh, uh, no. No. Uh, he no. played a lot of cowboy type roles. Um, oh, Alex hard. Alex Trebek. No, no he, he was in that. No. He's in that series, Trebek. The Ranch, uh, with Rough, uh, just like um, what's the series um, Ranch with? Um, uh, yeah, this is just great. I know yeah, when you're uh, when you're not prepared, uh, the yeah, vault is yeah. not quite open all the way. Well, Anyway, he I was on the series of Thank you, Jess Duck. Oh, we have a winner. Jess Sam Elliott. The, All right. The cheer. She gets the Thank cheer. Thank you. Um, yes, the cheer. Very good. Yeah, Sam Elliott. You could put him on. He could sell anything. And in that movie I watched, that's what he was doing. He was doing voiceovers or doing commercials for the radio for, like, barbecue sauce. And the barbecue sauce even sounded really good. And you're like, yeah, the best barbecue sauce to ever put in your mouth. And, but the way Sam Elliott says it, and uh, yeah, there's just, there's people like that who can he's just got say that anything. Tone. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he might yeah. he might get you to eat at one of those restaurants we talked about earlier, Dennis Lee. Uh, I don't know that he can make the shithole sound <laughs> any uh, sound tasty at all. No matter, you know, I can imagine him saying it. Um, but it, he couldn't make but it any. He would say any, it with such a tone that it, it wouldn't be offensive, you know. It, it, I do want to give no. Dennis Lee credit. I did catch on to that Sean Connery Alex Trebek impression. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love those skits. Yeah, those with, are uh, those are funny. Uh, You'll uh, rue the day you mess with me, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> we we wore those out for a while when we first discovered. Oh, them. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Loved it. That and the Bee Gees uh, takeoff that Jimmy Fallon used to do oh, with uh, Timberlake. Oh, actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite Connery SNL one was when it says, uh, let it snow. And he goes, I'll take the tits now for one. Oh, hour. yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, that was, that uh, was actually the one I was trying probably, to think of earlier. <laughs> and I've seen that guy play a few roles, but that's the only character that I've ever liked him in on SNL. Sean did a really good job. Yeah, I have a theory about SNL. I don't know you guys. Are, you know SNL, obviously. You know, everyone says that SNL is never. It's not as good as it was ten years ago. No matter All who right. you talk to, I feel like when you're in like your your teens or your early twenties, whatever SNL was at that point, you thought was hilarious. Yeah. So that's why you always consider as the golden age of SNL. Well, you know, for me, it had probably three different eras. Um, it had the early beginnings when uh, you had uh, 
Belushi. Had Dan, you had Belushi on there. You had uh, Eddie Murphy. You had all the people on there. And um, then, it, it, you know, you have to move on down the road for a little ways till you get to Dana Carvey um, and that group. Farley, um, Sandler, Rock, Spade. Yeah, right. And, you know, Sandler. Right, and Sandler. Can't beat that era. And then, um, then there's one probably... Right before they really started sucking, um, but I can't, I can't remember. I would probably say that like performers in most recent years before Saturday Night Live went went down the tube. You you had decent names like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, oh, yeah. Will Ferrell, yeah. and there you Kristen go. That's Wig. what I was. Th- yeah, that's the oh, um, that I was thinking about. Yeah. I, my my favorite Kristen Wiig character on Saturday Night Live has to be that um, school bully Gilly. Yeah. Gilly, Gilly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I remember and that one. Been, I remember the I, the Target ladies. Remember the Target lady, Kristen Wiig. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Kristen Wiig, she's funny as hell. Um, and uh, Tina Fey, she's very funny. You know who I liked, and I'm not a I'm not a big Alec Baldwin fan at all. Um, but when he did the skit when they did the two uh, uh, national radio. Uh, girls had that show and he t- national the national sh- public radio the sweaty <laughs> balls the sweaty balls thing. <laughs> uh, molly shannon and anna Gesteyer. oh they were oh, awesome that was, that was i hilarious. love that pretty living segment with helen madden oh yeah that was great you oh, yeah, i love sherry terry's impression of i love eric because eric knows all the details of everything yeah, um, yeah. but, but gilda oh, radner's what? barbara walters is the best you know baba baba yeah yep Oh, yeah. I, uh, I loved Gilda uh, Radner. Nor- Norm MacDonald on Weekend Update was my favorite. That yeah, was that good was too. Good. Yeah, yeah. Remember when the, um, I didn't see this live because I'm too young, but I've seen it on YouTube when uh, OJ was acquitted and Norm MacDonald starts off his Weekend Update like a day or two later. He goes, uh, Breaking news murder is now legal in the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a Norm Macdonald. And I also like uh, Chris Farley, too. The famous um, living in a van down by the river. I just crack up every time I see that. Because um, David Spade and uh, what's her name from uh, Married with Children is sitting on the couch and they're cracking up. That always makes me bust out laughing. Yeah, Christina Applegate. Matt Foley was the character's name. Yes. No. Yes. We're living in a van down by the river. Oh, I love it. If you got problems, I live in a van. <laughs> You'll be rolling doobies in a van. You know, just, yeah, that's that's great, especially when it gets worked up and it's destroying the coffee table. That's good stuff. Um, He's probably the funniest person who's ever lived, in my opinion. Yeah, it's you know it's sad that you don't realize how many people, even though you know, like they got a lot of money and they got a lot of star power but how miserable mm-hmm. they really are you know yeah and then you've even had like famous people get banned from Saturday Night Live um, I, I know like um, Andy Kaufman who was like a on again off again regular on that show got, got banned after that like Jerry Lawler incident yeah but that um, was so orchestrated that was such that was so awesome what he did he pushed the envelope on everything that he did I Oh, yeah. Him and Jerry did that so well that no one realized it was staged. Everyone thought yeah. it was real. It happened on David Letterman's um, reincar- 
like Carnation of Late Night, like before that was before the Conan O'Brien era. Um, right, and then right, I know right. Shanae O'Connor, she got infamously banned when she raised up a picture of Pope John Paul II and ripped it to shreds. And then about a month Fight later, the real um, enemy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then a month later, um, I think somebody else uh, got applauded for raising up a picture of Shanae O'Connor ripping it to shreds. Okay. I remember Sandler didn't go back for 20 years. I think he went back to host after. And Chevy Chase, I mean, he had an on again off yeah. dude with Lord Michaels. And then I think Adrian Brody got, got banned after an incident back in 2003 when he wore like a, a dread, dreadlock wig that, you know, that Lord Michaels wasn't too impressed with. Oh, uh, get, get over I it. I think uh, what ratings or not, you know. Jeez. Well, it's a um, shadow it, it was great talking to you this self. evening, gentlemen. Yeah, shadow. All right, we we got to edge towards the clock here, oh, everybody. Okay, we got about seven minutes, so uh, appreciate you calling in, counting. sweet Brandon, Eric. Good yeah, to hear thank from you, sweet. Good talking thank to you, you gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good talking good to, to y'all. Thank you for calling in, sweet. And Eric, yeah. uh, have a great big old applause to these rest gentlemen. of the week. It's Very a, good. You they're get so the double clap. They're sweet. They're so slow about clapping. Uh, oh that my is, goodness! That is not a beep. I'm gonna tell you, that's not a beep. We love to hear from our friends in Canada. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh whoa whoa! whoa. <laughs> oh yes, the magical power. Of the Just times. calm that down. Just a little bit. Jeez. Okay. Jeez. Well. You want to get us get the motor started and oh, warm yeah. us up? Get, a, get this engine humming. Pull, um, <laughs> pull this <laughs> sucker out of the garage. Well, you know, if you're of a mind that you want to uh, Twitter us, then do that on Twitter at TristalkWGMoon. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and you as well, the only. Thank you for being here. Um, you, if you want to email us with suggestions about the, you know, for the show, articles that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, you know, what colored shirt you'd like to see Donald Wayne wear, um, or what if shirt? you want to send us pictures, um, you know, BP, you know what we're talking about. You can do that at tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com. And because we'd love to hear from you. And also, too, hell, follow us on Facebook at Tries Talk. Um, we put all of our articles there. We put all the shows are posted there. And we get some good pictures on there as well. Um, and um, then you'll be able to see the latest uh, that latest installment of the Facebook Live that we did. Um, so and let us know what you think about that. Um, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But do that at Trice Talk on Facebook. And then, um, you know, if you want to go from there, then why don't you visit these other sites? Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and Player FM. Um, and we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, with impromptu shows and mini pods in between, and Donald Wayne, I mean, really, been burning mm. it up with the mini pods. 
Um, you, very good, sir. Very thank, good. Thank and, uh, but uh, look, I'm we, gonna, we I'm love gonna. you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Um, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, make sure to click that follow button. All righty. I'm not going to do a closing thought tonight. Oh, I'm, yeah. I just I don't have a closing thought. I just thought we'll just I'm going to I'm going to play. Uh, did Did you see the movie Sleepless in Seattle? Did you like that movie? I did actually. Um, one of my favorite characters, and probably no one in here will know who this is, but it was Jimmy Durante. But they used two of his songs in that. Uh, movie sleepless in seattle one to open it and one to close it so i'm going to use that as the closing segment to get out of here and uh so we can have a time to turn out the lights and tell everybody goodbye and have a great day so that's what we'll have for the closing thought is a little bit of jimmy durante i'm gonna yank the chain you're gonna yank the chain everybody stay safe everybody Well, <laughs> this Lee, <laughs> it's, it, uh, I guess I'm going to have to sing that song because it's not playing. Oh, well, this is a night. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight and, uh, spending time with us and sorry about Jimmy Durante. I'll see if he'll work tomorrow night. Hope everybody has a great day rest of the week and see y'all tomorrow night. Stay safe, everybody.